left off last week. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll go to verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 18, or 16, excuse me. In verse 16, today we want to talk about uh, Jesus Christ being the great I am. Hallelujah. Uh, we looked at a number of verses last week about Jesus being manifest in the flesh for the purpose of our redemption uh, so that he could be the mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Today we want to uh, launch from that place and then uh, look at a number of scriptures that show us that Jesus is the great I am. He is God manifest in the flesh. Amen. All right, so we're looking at verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. So obviously you can preach the gospel from this place. Praise the Lord. But God, the first uh, uh, place, uh, part of the verse, he says, God, uh, without controversy, God was manifest in the flesh. And he said, this is a great mystery. It is a great mystery in the Bible, of course, that God actually could get in a body. But we do have many scriptures that reveal that to us, that Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary and supernaturally, uh, she gave birth to the Son of God, and he was Emmanuel, God with us. He was God manifest in the flesh. He became, by doing that, he became a man. And by becoming a man, he then uh, was qualifying as man's substitute or a substitute for you and for me. Uh, he could actually uh, die in our place, and he could suffer in our place, and he could pay the penalty for our sins so that we could be reconciled or restored uh, to a place of favor and friendship with God. So through the death of Christ, we've been reconciled. Jesus paid the penalty for us to have a right relationship with God. And we have been teaching more recently on the righteousness of God as well. And so uh, we see the importance of the incarnation, what we call the incarnation, or in carol or in flesh. That's really what it means. Uh, God incarnate, God in a body. Jesus got in a real flesh and blood body, a human body. And he became man. And so I'm going to read you a few translations of this verse, or, or part of the verse, and we'll begin uh, with the NIV. It says, uh, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. He appeared in a body. Uh, then Amplified says, great and important and weighty, uh, we confess, is this hidden truth the mystic secret of godliness, he, God, was made visible in human flesh. He, God, was made visible in human flesh. So God became a man. God got in a body. 
he was made visible in human flesh. Living Bible says he came to earth as a man. So emphasizing that he became a man and yet he was God. So we, uh, of course, uh, looked at the scripture uh, that there is one God in, in Timothy as well. There is one God and one mediator between God and men. What? The man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus was the man, Christ Jesus, but we see here in this verse, he was God manifest in the flesh. All right, so he's really telling you both of those uh, things or stories that he is God, and yet he's manifest in the flesh, so he became man. So he is very, very 100% God and 100% man. So he is a man, and he is God at the same time. Praise the Lord. So then, let's go to another translation. It says, he was seen in the flesh. He was seen in the flesh, manifest, seen in the flesh. Or uh, Philip's translation says, who showed himself as a human being. He showed himself as a human being. So Jesus uh, actually appeared in a human body. He became a man. He uh, showed himself as a human being. So uh, he was a real man. And as we have uh, shared as well, he was tempted in all points, like as we are, according to Hebrews 4. So he was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus Christ was tempted in every area or every point, just like you and I have been tempted or are tempted, or he has been tempted beyond what any of us have been tempted. And so, uh, we can know that there's someone who can relate to us. Now, there is no temptation, but such as is common to man. In other words, uh, there are a lot of uh, people that have experienced similar things that you have experienced, and yet it doesn't always feel that way when you're going through it. But thank God, we know Jesus has grown through it. <clears throat> and then many other people have gone through those tests and temptations as well. Which gives you hope. Not only uh, that uh, Jesus went through it, but also that other people have gone through it and made it through. Amen? So then, Jesus got in a body, became a man, and became a very real man who was tempted, and then he did it without sin. And he went to the cross, and he died on the cross as our substitute, and paid the penalty by his death for our sin. And when that penalty was paid, then what happens? God declares they're justified. And through our identification with Christ, we are justified when we believe on Jesus, therefore we, uh, we are justified by faith. We have peace with God, therefore we are justified by faith, and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So then we have uh, this justification that has been affected in and through Jesus. Well, in order for him to do that, he had to become a man to identify with us. All right, let's go to John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14. 
looking at who Jesus is. All right, in John chapter 14, uh, we're going to begin reading there with uh, verse 7. It says, if you had known me, well, I'll just go back to verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus declared himself, and we actually have used this verse more recently as, as well, uh, he declared himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, not a way, not a truth, not a life, but the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no one can come to the Father except through him, through him or through the person of Jesus. All right, so in the next verse, he says, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth... You know him and have seen him. Now listen to the language. If you have known me, you should have known my father also. From henceforth, you know him and have seen him. So if you've seen Jesus, basically, or known Jesus, then you've known the father. Because he is, as Hebrews tells us, the express image of the Father. Uh, Jesus is as much God as Father is. In other words, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So then, Jesus was and is God. So he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And then Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or it's sufficient for us. Show us the Father. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? I've been here with you, and yet you haven't known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? He that has seen me has seen the Father. So to see Jesus... Now, how do we see Jesus? We see Jesus in the Scripture, obviously. We see his uh, life. We see his ministry. We see then his suffering. We see his death. We see his resurrection. We see his ascension, his seating. Well, we see God in action. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he's not just talking about his action. He's talking about his person. So he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So he's speaking the Father's words. He's doing the works of the Father, or it's actually the Father doing the works through him. So if you've seen me, you have actually seen the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father. Believe me that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So he wants you to believe him because of who he is, but he says, believe me for my works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So the Father and the Son are one. I'm in the Father, 
and the Father's in me. So God the Father, God the Son are one. They have distinct personalities, distinct uh, positions in the Godhead, but they are God, both the Father and the Son. And there's one God. So you can't separate Jesus from the Father. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from the Father. So let's go to the next verse. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So Jesus is preparing to go away, right? And he prepares them in John 14, John 15, John 16, John 17. He's, and he's preparing for the future. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's go now, if you will, to um, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus. In Exodus chapter 3, we're going to uh, begin with verse 13. Exodus 3, verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, then shall you say, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? <laughs> so Moses, talking to God, you're sending me here. You're telling me what to do. But when I come to the children of Israel and they ask me, who sent me? What am I going to say? Or what is his name? What am I going to say to them? Well, God says in response to uh, Moses questioned in verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me. I am that I am, so you just tell them I am sent you. Now, we understand that Jesus Christ was. We understand that God always was. We understand that he is and that he always will be. But he's always present, I am. He's always the eternal present. So Jesus Christ is the I am. God the Father is the I am. You just tell them, I am hath sent me. So we're not saying, well, I might be, or one day I'm trying to be. No, he is. He's not trying to be God. He is God. He was, he is, and he will forever be. 
And then, of course, Jesus Christ the same, what? Yesterday, today, and forever. So God has always existed. We know in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Jesus. So in the beginning was God. So the beginning began with God. But God was before the beginning. God being the creator. So God created all things. And uh, Jesus, of course, was in the creati creative work and creation of, uh, of this uh, world that we know. And so, he says, I am has sent you. And verse 15, and God said, moreover, unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel... The Lord God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So he declared himself to be the great I am. Tell him, I am sent you. But he also gave them another, uh, uh, gave him another word that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he said, this is my name forever. And this is a memorial to all generations. So this speaks of God's covenant with Abraham. So God made a covenant with Abraham, and God keeps covenant to a thousand generations. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So then, you also are connected to the covenant. So we have a covenant with God based on Jesus Christ. But he said he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that is his name forever. So he's not going to change his name. So the great I am is also a covenant God. So now he has made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the children of Israel. But then through Jesus Christ, we get connected to the covenant. And we have a better covenant established upon better promises. Thank God forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, let's go to the New Testament again. We'll go to John 8. The Gospel of John, we're going to ch chapter 8, we'll begin with verse 51. John 8, verse 51. It says, And verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. So the Christian may die physically, but they do not see death in the sense of they have eternal life. If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death or taste death. Of course, they're thinking naturally, and Jesus is thinking spiritually. 
Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? So they had great honor for the prophets, had great honor for Abraham. Are you greater than Abraham that is dead, and the prophets are, are dead? Who do you make yourself? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. It's my Father that honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Verse 55, yet you have not known him, but I know him, and if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. Jesus said, I know him and I keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, this is getting a little heavy for them. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, the scripture says that God preached before the gospel to Abraham. In other words, God revealed something of the gospel to Abraham when he was making covenant with him. And so, in this verse, it's becoming like really heavy for them. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? How did Abraham see your day? You're not even 50 years old, and Abraham's been dead a long time. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus totally identifies with God the Father. Before Abraham was, I am. Well, now they know the story of Moses. They know the story that God said, I am hath sent you. You just tell them, I am sent you. So now... Jesus is saying, before Abraham was, I am. So he's actually saying, I am he, or I am God. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple through the midst of them and so passed by. So obviously, they're very religious, they uh, they think that they're doing the right thing, that it would be the right thing for us to stone this guy because that's blasphemous. He's declaring himself to be God. And so they want to kill him. Well, obviously, he is God. He was, he is, in the beginning was God. And the word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word was God. And then in verse 14 of John 1, it says, And the Word became flesh. 
So Jesus Christ, who was God and is God, became flesh. He took on a body of flesh and blood and lived as a man. Praise God forever. Somebody say, he is. Hallelujah. All right, say it this way. He is the great I am. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to Revelation. We're going to Revelation 1. In Revelation chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 17. In verse 17, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Fear not, I am the first and the last. So Jesus declared himself to be the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. And he said in verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Thank you, Jesus. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Thank you, Jesus. So we could say Jesus is Lord in this place. Hallelujah. If he is alive forevermore, he is Lord. Now go with me to the uh, New Testament now. As well, we're going to go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. We're in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Well, if he is, then he always is. In other words, he is the I am. He is always I am. He is always present. He's always been, he'll always be, but he's always now. In verse 1, it says, now faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So we believe in God who was. We believe in God who is, and we believe in God who will forever be. Thank you, Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus Christ 
is Lord. Yes. All right. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So when we diligently seek him, God rewards us. There is a reward. There is a payday coming for the seeker, the one who seeks God and seeks God diligently and faithfully. God will reward you, and he will reward you openly. So you can expect the goodness of God to come to your life because you seek him and seek him diligently. Thank you, Jesus. Now go with me to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So he is a great I am. He is a one who was, is, and ever shall be. He is the one that is now present. So he said, and I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave you. That's good news. Somebody say, that's good news. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, understanding Jesus has been forsaken. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In other words, Jesus bore our shame on the cross. Jesus bore your shame. And he was forsaken for you and for me. And he was forsaken so that you never would be. I said, he was forsaken so that you never would be forsaken. Hallelujah. He was separated from God so that you would never have to be. Thank you, Jesus. Is anybody happy in the room? Praise God. I said, he was separated from God so that you would never have to be. You could be in union with Christ. You could have a relationship with God, and God would never leave you nor forsake you so that the next verse could come into play, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is a present help in time of need. He is the I am. He is a forever God who is always with you, never leaves you, never forsakes you, so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. There is an absolute in the Word of God that if God said he would never leave you, though someone may, though someone did, though something has left you there is someone that will never leave you there is someone that will never leave you nor forsake you someone may have forsaken you but God never has hallelujah so thank God he will never leave you nor forsake you but you can boldly say the Lord is my helper and because he's with me and he hasn't left me he's present to help me right now 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can somebody shout glory? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Go, me, go with me to Hebrews chapter 4 now. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to go to verse 16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 16, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. We have, that we have a great high priest. Jesus has gone into heaven. High priest that is passed into heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So, we'll just for a moment go to uh, chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. So when you are making your profession or your confession, you're considering Jesus. You're considering who Jesus is. That it's not just words that you're confessing. You're, you're confessing before your high priest. You're saying what God says. When you say, Jesus is Lord, you're saying, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. You're acknowledging Jesus as your high priest. When you say the name of Jesus Christ... You're acknowledging the person of Jesus. You're considering Jesus. Hallelujah. The name that is above every name, that at that name, every knee must bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you say that name, you're acknowledging the person of Jesus. And so heaven responds. God responds when you speak that name, when you say that name, when you plead the blood of Jesus, when you acknowledge the blood, then God in heaven responds and, and, and supernatural things happen on your behalf because heaven is open when you speak about the name of Jesus and when you uh, speak about the blood of Jesus and you make confessions of faith before God, you're considering him who is a high priest of your profession, that Jesus Christ is the one who is the ever-living high priest. We had high priests, but those men died. But Jesus Christ lives how long? Forever. Somebody say forever. forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now we're going back to a chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So hold fast to your profession, speaking God's eternal word, speaking about his eternal blood, speaking about the eternal covenant. So Jesus Christ, through his eternal blood, has made an eternal covenant. 
Thank you, Jesus. Eternal means it's forever. It's a quality of God. So then, it is always now. It is always present. Woo! Seeing then that we have a great high priest, he's passing through the heavens, let us hold fast our confession or profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We don't have a high priest who cannot be touched, he cannot relate to. No, we have a high priest who can be touched, who can identify with us, and he understands what we're going through or the tests of our life, and he knows very well the pressures that you may face in your life. He knows because he has been through it. Hallelujah. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. In the same way we are tempted, Jesus has already been tempted and he has passed the test. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So therefore, next verse, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. So because of what Jesus has done, there is a throne of grace. It's not just a throne with God sitting on the throne. It's a throne of grace. The grace of God, hallelujah, has been made available to you and to me. So because Jesus went through all he went through, was tested and tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. And he was a sinless man and a sinless substitute and died in our place. He said, now you can come boldly to the throne of grace to do what? To obtain Mercy, obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. Why? Because he will never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Thank you, Jesus, forever. Hallelujah. I think it's just worthy. He's worthy. Come on. I said, I think he's just worthy for us to give him praise. Uh, so let's just stand to our feet for a moment and just lift up our hands and thank God for his mercy. Sir, we ignore We live his embrace. We lift him We lift up our praise to you, Father. We thank you today for your amazing grace. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you, Lord, for Yeso Mandre Sia de la Rosa. Yes, we do. Thank you today for your mercies, Lord, that are new every day. We thank you, Lord, for the mercies of God. We thank you for your eternal mercies. And, Lord, that you are the eternal I am. You are forever the same. You are our God and our Father. And we thank you, Father God, that Jesus is our high priest. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are eternally our high priest. 
Sir, we thank you that you are eternally our high priest and that we can come boldly before the throne of grace with confidence and assurance, Father, that you're there to help us, that Jesus is there to help us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are that present help in our time of need, that you minister to your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Holy Spirit, oh, for the joy of our salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you are our strength today. You're our joy today. You're our life today. You're our peace today. You're our hope today. You're everlasting, Father. We thank you, Father God, for your amazing grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, your kingdom, Lord, come. Your will, Lord, be done in earth as it is in heaven. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Forever, Lord, your word settled and forever Lord we are grateful we thank you Father God for the eternal word of God that is life to us in Jesus name we worship you Father we worship you, Father. Glory to God. 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 We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Forever, Lord, your word is settled. Forever, Lord, your word is settled, Lord. We thank you.